This week, we have truly been blessed as God has sent a new friend to the Fresh Life House. We got Pastor Michael Todd with us. Ridiculous. Pastor and, uh, and Natalie Todd, they, they pastor Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, God is using these two in, in ways that I can honestly say, I've never seen anything quite like it, the way that God has blessed and breathed on their message and their lives. And, and millions, millions are, are, are being blessed and, and, and radically touched by the way God is using what's happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as it's going out online on YouTube and social media platforms. Uh, and we crossed paths not too long ago in Alabama. And uh, it was just an amazing thing just to not just, it's great to see God use somebody, but when you meet them and there's a sweetness to their spirit and a sincere love for Jesus and a desire to reach and minister to people. And uh, I just, I love so much that God has brought us together and I'm grateful uh, that, that at sacrifice to their own family, their two daughters, their son at home, that they would come all the way to Fresh Life Church to bless us. So come on, every Fresh Life location on your feet, help me welcome my friend, Pastor Mike Todd to the stage. Now I'm excited, cause this is the first time I've ever been in Montana. And can I tell you a secret? I love it, I love it, I love it. Man, you can be seated. I am so excited uh, to be in the house and I am thankful um, for this church and the leaders that lead this church. Um, Pastor Levi, Pastor Jenny, oh you can do better than that, all over. Come on Helena, come on Billings. You have amazing leaders. And um, Pastor Levi said it, you know, he's everywhere. And um, I got to meet him and just see that when you cut it open, it really is as good as it looks on the outside. And uh, I appreciate you guys and thank you for this opportunity. Well, they've only given a black preacher 32 minutes and <laughs> I'm going to use all of this time, okay? Um, so I'm so excited and I bring you greetings from Tulsa, Oklahoma and our church, Transformation Church. We are going to take a church vacation to Montana and it's going to be an amazing thing. I have a beautiful wife, Natalie, that um, is my high school sweetheart. She's here with me. I love you. My baby mama has given me three kids and um, they are the most precious and they allow me to do this. And so I just want to thank them and honor them every time I get up. Are you ready for the word? All right. So I want you to open your Bibles right now to Psalms chapter one, verse three, because I've been stuck in this passage for about 10 weeks. And um, it's a picture that David paints for us of what a mature Christian life is supposed to be. But, but as I've gone through this, I've been, you know, getting a lot of emails and a lot of people coming up to me and they're like, pastor, I just feel like giving up because I feel like I'm under, I feel like I'm under pressure. I feel like I'm undervalued. I feel like I'm underqualified for what God has me doing. And you can feel that as a parent. You can feel that as a business owner. You can feel that as a husband, as a wife, as a child. I feel like I'm underappreciated. And I started to think about all these things that people were feeling like they were under. And, and then I went to this scripture where I was stuck and God gave me a revelation and I hope it's going to bless you and encourage somebody's faith today who was about to give up on the dream, who was about to give up on the relationship, that God is not finished with what he's doing in your life. 
and, and, and so I want us to look at this because David is a great storyteller and he gives us beautiful pictures. And look what he says. He says, they are like trees planted. Everybody say planted. This is the picture of our mature Christian life. He said they are like trees planted along riverbanks. And you know the reason why this is so interesting is because if a tree is planted near a riverbank, it does not have to depend on the elements of rain to be able to get nourished. If it's close to living water, it can take the nutrients from the living water that it's close to. And it doesn't matter what happens in the environment. This is what God is trying to say to us. If you stay planted close to me, my word, the living word, in worship, in prayer, you don't have to care what's happening in government, what's happening in, in, in the entertainment industry, what's happening in where Montana, what is it, farming? In the farming industry, you, you don't have to care what's happening. God says, I'll nourish you because you're close to me. And then it says something very interesting. It says, they'll be like trees planted. Everybody say planted. Along the riverbanks and they're bearing fruit in every season. Now, the reason that this is interesting is because no tree bears fruit in every season. But God's saying that if you stay close to me, I can allow for your life to bear fruit in every season. Summer fruit, winter fruit, fall fruit, spring fruit, lay me off my job, fruit, leave me, fruit. I'm telling you, God wants our life to bear fruit, okay? Now, this is the picture of the mature believer's life. It says it bears fruit in every season and their leaves never wither. Now that's interesting because all trees around this time of year start to wither because I found this out is that the bark of the tree preparing for winter and y'all know about winter here in Montana preparing for winter begins to hold all of the nutrients in the bark and stop supplying it to the leaves and the branches and they begin to wither and fall off. God is saying through this, I don't want your leaves to ever wither. So you never have to hold anything back because I'll always supply you. So you can keep serving, you can keep giving, you can keep loving. This is the picture and this is my favorite part. And it says, and they prosper in all they do. What happens when God co-signs everything you want to do on earth that aligns with his will? This is what God wants for us. But as I started to study trees and God making us like a big oak or a, a, a huge tree, it, I found out that God never plants trees. He only plants seeds. So I know this messes everybody up because we want today to be the mighty tree. And God says, I'm only going to give you a seed. And now a seed to be able to become fruitful has to be planted. And to be planted, you have to go under. And this is the crazy thing about it. Nobody wants to go under. Nobody wants to be under pressure. Nobody wants to be undervalued. Nobody wants to be under. But for what God has placed on the inside of you to actually have a chance to live, it has to go under. And the trick that many of us believe is the lie of the enemy that under means over. See, because the funny thing that I begin to study about planting is it's a lot like a burial. 
And, and the same elements that I have to do to plant something are the exact same steps I would take to bury something. So if I was to bury a coffin, what would I do? I'd dig up some dirt, put the coffin down in it. Then I would put dirt on top of it. It would be under and it would be buried. What is the same thing you have to do to plant something? You dig up dirt, you put the seed in there, you put dirt back on top of it and it would be under and it would be planted. The enemy has tried to convince too many of you that you're buried. But I came from Tulsa, Oklahoma to tell you that you are not buried, but you are planted. That what God has on the inside of you is gonna work, that the marriage is gonna last, that you are gonna make it through the fire. Somebody shout at me, I'm planted. Yeah, yeah. Why y'all got me so fired up? Today you have to divorce the lie that just because you're under, it means that you're buried. You're planted. My Bible says greater is he that is in me. The only way you know that if it's buried or it's planted is what's in the seed. And God's on the inside of us. God's on the inside of your children. God's on the inside of that business. And it is under, yeah, it's under. It's under pressure. It's undervalued. It's, it's under equipped. It may be underqualified, but under does not mean over. And that's my new mantra right now. Under does not mean over. Because yeah, I'm going through a season that may feel like I'm under, but it is not over. Many of us are having funerals for things that are not dead yet. And the relationship will live. The business will live. Your family will live. Fresh life will live. This will be the best season of your life if you stay planted. And most people want to uproot because it's uncomfortable. We want to uproot because nobody sees our value. Some of us would rather be a potted plant. We would rather look pretty in small spaces than plant next to God and stay long enough for him to give us roots. And I understand this because a lot of us, you know, in our millennial generation, we don't like being anywhere for a long period of time. We don't even want cell phone contracts. You hear what I'm saying? We don't want anything that makes us have to commit through hard times. But if you don't get roots, you will never be able to bear fruit. And what God wants us to do is be ones that can bear fruit, that can be ones that say, follow me as I follow Christ, not just in the good days, but in the bad days. You can still watch me and you can still get fruit. And I know we want everything instant. That, that's our struggle right now is instant gratification. Right now, everybody sees what God's doing. I'm called to minister. I should start a church. No, because God wants to give you develop roots like humility faithfulness oh but I, I forgot to tell you you can't facebook faithfulness you can't instagram integrity that's something that god has to do under and, and and i know that many of us today may feel like you're under but i just wanted to let you know that it's not over and, and so then the question is what do i do while i'm under pastor mike because I know I'm under in some way right now. I may be underestimated. I may be underfunded, underpaid. There's a few people in here underpaid. But, 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 but 
what do I do while I'm under? I want to help you with that. And I felt specifically, Pastor Levi is so crazy. You touched on the story I'm going to talk about today. But the title of today's message is Planted and Under Fire. Because many of us have been under fire, under attack in some type of way. Either our purity has been under attack, our, our, our integrity has been under attack, our family, our health may be under attack, our, our faith. Can we be honest? Sometimes, even as much as we do and how much we serve and cry out, our faith can come under attack. And we can be planted and under fire. But today I want to look at the three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and a big Negro is what I call them in my Bible. I said it. You can laugh. It's okay. I'm black. It's all right. Like, like, like a bendigo for everybody who wants to be politically correct. But, 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 but these three men had the opportunity to bow when they were facing fire. But they stayed planted. They stayed in the place God called them to be no matter what was happening outside of them, no matter what was happening in government, no matter what was happening in the community, no matter what was happening with their peers and even their friends, they had a resolve that they were going to stay planted and do what God called them to be, do, even though they had the face of fire. And today I want us to look at this because some of your marriages are under fire. Some of your plans are under fire. Some of your careers are under fire. Some of your self-esteem is under fire. But I want us to see if maybe from this story, we can find out some things to do when we're planted, when we're close to God, when we're trying, but we are under fire. Um, let's look at it in Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. And let me just give you a backstory. King Nebuchadnezzar, he, I don't know, had a, a little man's complex. And so he, he built a 90-foot tall gold statue of himself. He said, anytime they blow the trump trumpets, burr, 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 everybody needs to bow and worship these statues. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, listen, we already have a God. And so we cannot bow. We're going to keep our stance. And we're going to do this no matter what anybody else does. And then there were some snitches who told on them, and they're like, hang, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego aren't doing what you said. And, and, and what ended up happening is he brought them before them, and this is where we pick it up in Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. It said, um, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is this true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statues I've set up? I will give you one more chance to bow. Isn't it funny that when you take a stance, then there's always another chance to bow? When you decide to live your life in purity, the boyfriend who ain't called you in six years shows back up in the town and it's like, hey, you want to go get coffee? No! <laughs> but I, I, just want, I just want everybody to understand me. Whenever you take a stand for God, there will always be another opportunity to bow. They had already taken a stand, but the king comes. I'm going to give you one more chance to bow. And, and then he says, and worship the statue I have made. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. They will be thrown into the fire. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power. Point number one, when you're planted and under fire, abandon your bow. Abandon it. Like the thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had was a resolve that no matter what happened, I don't even have a bow. 
Like, like, like they can tell me anything, but I have abandoned my vow. I, I, have, I don't have the capability to go back on the promise that I made to God. I do not have the capability to leave this marriage. We're going to work it out because my vow has been abandoned. Like, like, we don't have the option. And so many of us go back on the things that God told us to stand for because we keep our vow on reserve. You know, if the situation is just right, if nobody will ever know, we have these things and well, if it gets too tight, then I'll go back and I'll, I'll, I'll steal the money or I'll, I'll be untruthful or I'll, I'll just compromise my, my purity for a second. And God says, I need you to make a decision right now while the fire is not even on that you don't have a bow anymore. I'm abandoning my bow. And for me, I need to be very honest with you. I don't get up here and preach anything that I'm not living. I get tested in this all the time. I don't have a perfect past. I am not a perfect man. I'm a progressing man. And, and so I deal with my humanity every day. I don't know about you. You can sit there and judge me if you want to. But, but I'm a real human being. So as a pastor, voice going all over the world, I had a test of abandoning my bow just a few weeks ago. And my wife's head is going down right now because she know what I'm about to say. <laughs> we just had some remodel work done on our house and they took our stove out to be able to do the remodel work and then they put it back in and we were missing what they call our burner plates. Now, I don't know if you know what burner plates are, but if you have a gas stove, it's the thing that sits on top of the, the burner that allows the oxygen or whatever to not go and then the fire comes up around it. And I didn't know this, but you cannot start a fire without those burner plates. I've never paid attention to burner plates in my life. <laughs> except to when we could not make eggs, chicken, or anything in my house because the burner plates were missing. I said, no problem, I'm gonna go get some more burner plates. Go to Home Depot, go to Lowe's. They don't sell burner plates. Go to an appliance store who specializes in niche appliances. The burner plates, four of them, $298. That's what I said. I said, we're not eating. Everybody's fasting. We are going on a mandatory fast in the Todd household. And for a week, we did not eat. <laughs> but, but what ended up happening was I, I went back to Lowe's to get something else. And guess what happened, Pastor Levi? Sitting right there on the display was the exact model of oven that we had for sale. But I didn't see the shiny stainless steel. I didn't see all the gadgets. Do you know what I saw? burner plates <laughs> and I went over there and in my past life if I saw something that I wanted and I knew I couldn't get caught with it and it wouldn't bother anybody I'd just you know take it I'm just telling on myself I walked up to those burner plates and I said wow Lord look how easy and accessible I picked it up yes I did <laughs> and I picked it up and right there I've been living a life of integrity for years been living a life of character for years. And I was about to give it up for some burner plates. <laughs> and as I was about to take those, see, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take some big grand thing. God's saying, do you still have your bow? And I still had my bow. And God said, is this worth my blessing? 
I'll give you the money to get the burner plates if money, you actually have the money for the burner plates, but something in you said you didn't want to do this. And I threw those burner plates down and I walked out of the store. Why? Because I made a decision. I will not abandon what God has told me to do. I will abandon my bow. And I don't know who in here needs that, but if you're under fire, you need to abandon your bow. Give God some praise right there. And listen, I'm just being transparent because some of you are going to go home and it may be doing something right that nobody else will see. But God's saying, hey, I know you're under fire, but could you just please abandon your bow? Could you please? I know it would be easy to lie on your taxes, but I see it. And there's a blessing that I have up ahead that if you would just abandon this. I'll work it all out in your favor. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had abandoned their bow. They're in front of the king, and they come because they already had, listen to this, they already had a king on the throne of their heart. So when they came in front of another king who tried to build their own idol, and I know, I know, oh, we don't believe in idols. I, idol is anything that takes the place of God. Some of us have an idol <laughs> on social media. Some of us have an idol that we drive. Some of us have an idol that we birthed. And God says, can I please have my throne back? Can, can I please be the one that sits on the throne of your heart? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego already had a king on their heart. So when they were faced with the king, they would not bow because they already bowed to a king. And that's why we come in here and worship. And that's why it doesn't matter how many zeros you have in your bank account or who you are and what family you came to. We all cast our crowns in the presence of the one and true king. So they abandoned their bow. And this is why I want to give you this scripture to help you. And I know I'm spending a minute on this point because somebody needs to stand firm. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Everybody say, stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And this is what I just came to encourage somebody. You doing the right thing is not in vain. Even though it's inconvenient in that moment, God said, I found somebody in Montana. I found somebody in Great Falls. I found somebody in Salt Lake City that would not do what everybody else is doing, that they're going to put their feet down and they're going to stand firm. I need you to hear me say this, that even if you are under fire, God's saying, stand firm. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing firm in the face of opposition. And then they do something that I love. Watch point number two. When you're planted and under fire, talk trash to the enemy. Like, like they start talking trash to the king because they already had a king that was backing them up. And there's opposition that's going to come in your life that looks more intimidating than you. But you're going to have to talk trash to the enemy. Or let me say it in a different way. Speak faith to the situation that looks dead. Speak faith to the situation that is not in your favor. Look what happened in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebi, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. Like what kind of faith do you have to have to be looking at opposition who can kill you and say, we don't have to defend ourselves. The only reason you can say that is you never have to defend something that's already defended. And some of you are playing defense to what the enemy's going to do. And God said, I go before you. 
I know y'all been in this building project and all this other stuff and opposition has come and timelines and all this stuff, but you don't have to defend it because God is gone before you. He, you don't have to defend what's already defended. You don't have to try to make everybody figure out what God's already worked out. And so they, and all I'm asking you today is go and talk trash to the enemy who's trying to tell you you're buried to that health issue. I'm healed in the name. I know what the doctor report says and we do not ignore facts, but we take facts and introduce them to our faith. And some of us are so timid with what we say and they were talking to their opposition in faith. Verse 17, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. See, so many times we focus on our ability, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did something reverse. When you're planted and under fire, focus on God's ability, not your capability. See, like, do you know what the best ability is? Availability. When we open our heart to be available to God, like, God, if you want me to go up against this opposition and declare your mighty acts and your mighty words, I mean, they were being gangster to the king of all of the land. And they told him, if you do it, the God who we serve is going to save us. When's the last time you had enough faith to say, if it doesn't, if you do this to me, if I lose my house, if I lose the job, if I have to move, the God that I serve is able. And this is what happens when you abandon your bow. You rely on what you have. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not looking at their ability anymore. They were looking at God's capability. And, and this is the thing I need you to understand as we read in Daniel 3, 17. It tells us if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. Gangster verse alert. Woo, 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 woo. Verse 18, listen to this. But even if he doesn't, let me stop. Much of our faith is built on what God will do. But what type of faith does it take to still trust God and say, even if he doesn't? Even if he doesn't heal me, even if I don't get out of this financial burden, even if I do burn up in this fire attack that's coming at me, I still will stand firm. And these young men had to take the stance that so many of us are going to have to take at some point in our life. I knew I was to go to Montana. Even if it doesn't work out like I thought it was, I'm still going to serve God. Even if it doesn't happen how I thought it was going to happen, I'm still going to declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, but even if it doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your God or worship the gold statue that you have set up. When you're planted and under fire, choose obedience over outcomes. It comes to a moment where my obedience is no longer attached to what will happen at the end. I'm going to obey because I trust you, God. And many of us will obey if we know that God pretty please promises us with a, with a cherry on top that he'll do it, we'll obey. But God's saying, 
I, I need you to know that my scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. There will be some things that you will have to obey and you won't even see what your obedience produces until it comes to pass. And you may think this is a cute story in the Bible about the guys in the furnace. But I only can preach stuff that I'm going through. And me and my wife right now, our family is under fire. We're touching the world and God's doing great things. But God asked me would I stay planted even though I'm under fire. My, my son, my only son, he's about to be three at the end of this month. And he's been diagnosed with autism. And he has not spoken a word yet at three years old. And he's the sweetest boy in the whole world. And I'm out here. The enemy comes every day to try to get me to bow. God's using you to help other people and other people being healed. And, and your word is helping other people in other countries. But God can't come and heal your son. God's not faithful, is he? You sing the song, good, good father. Is he really good? He comes every day to try to get me to bow to try to get me to stop, to try to get me to stop praying, to try to get me to get my words to agree with what the doctors have said and not agree with where my faith is. But I made a decision that no matter what happens, even if he doesn't heal my son, I'm going to stand and I'm going to stand firm because I've abandoned my bow and I will not let the opposition of my dream being shattered, of my, what me and my son could do, and all that other stuff, let me go back. I am standing firm. And I'm here to encourage somebody today that you need to stand firm. And you need to know that your obedience is better than the outcome. God sees you. He knows you. And he wants you to last. So you need to stand firm. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this place. Thank you, Lord. And I just need you to understand that when you are more concerned about obedience than the outcome, something crazy happens. God sees somebody he can trust to do a miracle through. See, the story doesn't end here. What ends up happening is this makes the enemy, King Nebuchadnezzar, very upset. And it would be like our just um, normal Christian put a bow on a message for them to say, we're not going to do that. And then the king be like, oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. You guys can leave. The fire didn't stop. The decision was made, but the fire didn't stop. And many of us think that God has abandoned us because the fire's still going. But, but after the decision has made, now we're going to get thrown into the fire. And God's saying, will you stand even when the fire gets turned up? This king gets so frustrated, the Bible says his face gets distorted. And he throws them in, tells them to turn up the fire seven times hotter. And he ties them up. He calls his best boy scouts over. And he said, I want you to do the triple dipple knot on them. And, and he ties them up because boy scouts can do really good knots. And he ties them up and he throws them into the furnace. And they're sitting in the furnace and the enemy thinks he's won. <laughs> That'll teach them. They should have bowed. They should have done what everybody else was doing. Look, everybody else seems safe. That bowed. Everybody else seems like their marriage is flourishing. <laughs> Who bowed. 
Every other church who does it like this seems like it's just growing. That bowed. And they're sitting there in the fire. But the crazy thing about it is, as they stayed in the fire, <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar said, let me check on them. He looks in. He said, hey, guys, uh, did, didn't we throw three men in there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We threw three men in there. We, we did it. And, and um, didn't we tie them up? Didn't you do the triple dipple uh, knot on them? Yes, sir. I did it three times. I've, I've won all kinds of awards for it, sir. <laughs> And uh, he said, well, I see four men in there. And the fourth one looks like a God. If you're planted and under fire, you need to know you are not alone. God is coming to stand in that situation with you. You're sitting here looking at infertility. God says, I'm standing in this fire with you. You're sitting here looking at bankruptcy. God says, I'm standing in this fire with me. You're looking at the biggest project you've ever done. God said, I'm standing in the fire with you. You're looking at your son having autism and special needs. He says, I'm standing in the fire with you. And the beautiful thing is when you stand firm in the fire, it then allows God to do a miracle. The Bible tells us that the fire kept going and the king had to call for them to come out of the fire. Now, I want you to see this because you can miss something. There was not a Holy Spirit fire extinguisher that put the fire out. And this is what we want to happen. God, just take the situation away. Shh. He didn't bring them to a place where he put out the fire he brought them through the fire and I just need you to know that maybe the fire won't stop but God will take you through it and the Bible tells us as you keep reading it says when King Nebuchadnezzar hey y'all <laughs> I was just playing could y'all come out here man <laughs> that's funny wasn't it y'all come out here they came out of the fire and the Bible says the first thing everybody tried to do, all the, the, the magistrates and people, is they were smelling them. Because they were trying to see, did they smell like what they had been through? And the Bible tells us that they went through the fire, but didn't even smell like what they had been through. I'm here to tell you that you may be going through something right now, but God's going to bring you through that thing. And you're not going to look like, you're not going to smell like, you're not going to act like what you've been through. I feel the presence of God in this place. Yeah, you had a divorce, but God's going to bring you through it and you're not going to look like the divorce. Yeah, you were abused, but God's going to bring you through it and you're not going to look like what you've been through. And I don't know who I'm talking to. It may be somebody in Portland. It may be somebody in Billings, but you're not going to look like what you've been through. I just wanted to let you know Stay planted. Because I know you're under pressure. You're underfunded. You're feeling undervalued. You're feeling underutilized. And maybe you're feeling under fire. But under does not mean over. Do you know the most beautiful thing about this? Is that when they came through the fire, they were now a testimony. And the king had a complete shift in his stance. 
He said, forget my uh, statue. Anybody who says anything about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, anybody that says anything about the God of Levi and, and Jenny, anything that, anybody that says anything about the God of Fresh Life Church, tell them that they're not going to be able to stay here because there's only one true and living God, and that's the God that they serve. And I'm telling you, if you stand firm and you stay planted and you go through the fire, don't get out of the fire prematurely. Because if you have the faith to stay in the fire, God will use the flames of that fire to refine your faith. He will build your faith in the fire. So don't fight the flames. Don't fight the flames. I know so much is coming at you right now. Don't fight them. Because it's only in flames that the purity of something comes to life. Every, maybe God has you here so that everything that can't withstand the fire will fall off. And the real you, the refined you, the polished you will be seen. If you're feeling under fire in any area of your life, I want to pray for you right now. Because under does not mean over. God came to just shoot a little adrenaline in your faith tonight, today. And I just want you to know that God is for you. Father, I thank you. Come on, just, just lift your hands at every campus right now. God, I thank you, Father, for these people who are making a decision, Father, to stand firm. No matter what they're under right now, Father, I thank you that they are abandoning their bow. God, that there's going to be a result that we will trust you and we will obey no matter what it looks like, no matter what opposition, no matter how it feels. And today, Father, I thank you for faith. I thank you that they will trust you like never before. I thank you that we, Father, we see you working even when it feels like you, you're not. God, I thank you that you are bringing people through whatever fire they're going through, whether it's marital, whether it's financial, whether it's in their own self. God, and I thank you right now that you'll build their faith in the flames. That they'll be everything you've called them to be. And Father, that they know that if you're for us, there's nobody that can be against us. Let us move forward, Father God, with the strength to know that we will not smell like what we have been through. And you're doing great things for us. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody at every campus. Can we give God, oh, come on, y'all. Can we give God a shout of praise? Thank you so much for watching the special teaching this weekend. And to make sure that you stay up to date on all of our contests at Fresh Life, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at the link below.